Hi, and thanks for tuning in. You are listening to an inclusive features audio report. Brought to you by our global reporter, Kimberly Middleton. Hi, I'm Kim, the global reporter for Inclusive Futures. I spoke to Simon Brown, who is the economic expert on the formal employment programme. We discussed the work and the impact that COVID-19 is having on young job seekers with disabilities. My name is Simon Brown. So a lot of my role is supporting country teams within the programme in developing, or first of all, of course, in understanding how labour markets function within those countries and to a certain extent dysfunction, and uh, then shaping the, the, the kind of interventions that we can try out in any particular context and then evidence how what works and what doesn't work, what needs to be further adapted or further tested or further innovated. So what would you say the barriers are for people with disabilities in getting employment? At the beginning of the programme, we, we, we invested significant time in really understanding how the labour market functions in, in every country. And this was called a labour market assessment. From that, we got a real deep understanding of what barriers that are, are created for employers, but also what barriers are there for job seekers. The ability to access information of opportunity was a significant barrier. Of course, the access to education and being able to access the education that, that is linked to your career aspiration. But often what we find, and it's a barrier that particularly young people are, are seeing, is that they're channeled into education paths that are not consistent with what they really aspire to. But the third barrier, and I think it's a truly important barrier, is the self-confidence. And often people with disability refer to this as self-stigma, which is a label that we, we tend to shy away from, but it's important to talk about, where forever from their families, from their communities, from their early education, from the society which surrounds them, they're told that formal employment is not the right career for them and their aspiration should be more limited to more manual work and that whole messaging is then internalized and therefore creates a barrier to people realizing what their real aspiration is as a livelihood so it's these areas that we have to focus on for persons with disability but also reflect from an employer's side that they perceive and they see that young people in general but also persons with disabilities lack employability skills now that's, that's more than hard skills that's more than the education system it's those softer skills those interpersonal skills those job seeking skills the ability to communicate effectively to present themselves to perform well in interviews to write uh, really powerful application letters and, and, and resumes so it's these kind of employability skills which which are a key kind of gap that also create a barrier for young people to be able to compete within the labour market system. Are there other barriers that stop businesses um, employing people with disabilities? A large percentage of the employers we talked to do want to be inclusive and often have tried to attract applications from persons with disabilities, but they all recognise in general that, they, that it hasn't worked, that persons with disabilities are not applying or when they apply are not, are not being able to successfully navigate that recruitment process. This whole thing then comes back to disability confidence that employers are consistently saying, we're not confident about this. We actually need help to be able to be more confident around disability. And that's a terrific place for a program to be in because that then really shapes what we should be focusing on, that the employability and the self-confidence of job seekers 
and the disability confidence of employers. And I wonder, those companies you're working with, why is disability inclusion important to them and their companies? I think the motivation doesn't change and hasn't changed since the coronavirus. Yeah? The, the motivation was there before. Now, what drives that motivation is not a, a single answer. The different companies have different motivations. Sometimes it's, a, it's a, a country office of a multinational company and the multinational company has made a commitment to, to disability like Unilever through, through the former chief executive Paul Polman and his commitments to the Valuable 500 campaign of, of a 5% representation of persons with disability in their, in their workforces by 2025. That hasn't. That, that's one motivation that is kind of almost kind of from the centre to the country operating units. Uh, at the other extreme, it's 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 a very kind of passionate CEO that has said that this is just the right thing to do. That that my customer base is should be reflected in my, in my workforce. So I think it's all kinds of, of motivations there, a broad spectrum of them. Is there also a business case for disability inclusion above and beyond? sort of personal passions or motivations or sort of company commitments? In terms of employers, I've never come across any employer to say, show me a business case. Um, I, I think there's so a number, like why, what's, what's in it for me in terms of the financing. I think there is part of the, of the motivation, and if I again go back to Paul Polman and Unilever, and I'm paraphrasing his words, but, but he, he talked of an, an eight, trillion dollar market that was being ignored eight trillion dollars globally of consumer spending that is controlled either by persons with disability their families or their friends and that number is, is quite kind of compelling and quite attractive but but we tend to approach this much more from a, a, a business and ethical case that recognizing that actually it's the right thing to do that, that companies should be reflective of their customers and their consumer bases but also the society which surrounds them, within which they operate. Obviously, the world's changed quite significantly with the COVID-19 pandemic. I wonder what impact that's going to have on the ability of job seekers with disabilities to gain employment. The, the impact on job seekers is, of course, they're entering now a much more competitive market where there are more people in search for employment and less employment opportunities which makes it much more difficult or even more difficult for persons with disabilities to secure formal employment, particularly where they, they come from in terms of that self-confidence, in terms of those work readiness or employment readiness. I wonder if you worry for the job seekers? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, of course, I do worry about that. But, but, uh, but I also, it's also a motivation, I think. What we need to get to a position is where job seekers are passing through this programme. How do we invest as much effort as possible even if we can't bring people together, to improve their chances of being able to compete equally for jobs and recognising, of course, that employers, as they do begin to recruit, have then got a much bigger pool of people to recruit from. And there is a risk, of course, that job seekers with disabilities will be further disadvantaged or be because the pool is so big. So we have to invest that time. We have to make sure as much as is possible, that those job seekers have the right technical skills, but also the right soft skills in order to present themselves. And now COVID has, has caused us to, to think differently. And I often say that crises are also moments of innovation. And I think this, this is true in both cases. 
that for employers, we have been able to use technology to deliver training, but also technology to deliver disability confidence resources. And within that core kind of set or pool of companies that have expressed interest to work with us, we do regularly send out resources that continue to build that confidence through reading but also then through training delivery and, and then in parallel continuing to build resources with a view of, of, of relevance of course but also crpd compliance that further build the, the confidence of employers i was just wondering about what you think will happen for job seekers with disabilities in the future whether they're likely to be set back a bit um, in terms of being included in formal employment, um, it sounds like you're very positive about what can be done and what still can be achieved. Yeah, I tend to be quite positive most of the time, but there's also a realism in there that it's going to be a tough, at least a tough couple of years. If we get it right, if we continue to, to focus on those three areas of the labour market system, the disability confidence of employers, the employment readiness and self-confidence of job seekers, and when we can have more activities restarted that influence those rules of the system, then we get people in the best possible place. And that's got to be our focus. That The labour market system has not gone away. It's not collapsed. It's in a shock. But it will recover. And we just need to make sure that persons with disabilities are right at the front of the queue for employment and not at the back of the queue. If you'd like to hear more from our citizen reporters, why not visit www.inclusivefeatures.org?